Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. His name is Bob Cardero. Bob Cardoro. Folks, I don't know what to call him, and neither do you. Bob Cardoro open. But Bob's got an opinion, and quite frankly, so do you. Bob Cardoro closed. So if you don't know what to call him, the most important thing to do is to call him. Bob Cordero. So pick up the phone, give Bob a call, and share your opinion. Because that's what makes America great. Call 570-883-0098. Well, you say Cordero. Well, I say Cordaro. You say Cordaro. I say Cordero. Cordero, Cordaro, Cordaro, Cordero. Just call the show. We'll talk. WILK 103.1 FM is proud to present the Bob Cordar. The Bob Corday. Just give Bob a call. We'll talk. This is the Bob Cordaro Show on WILK News Radio. Northeast PA, Tuesday, March 21st, 2023. Keep playing that song, Johnny. We love it. And we'll explain why in a moment. This is the Bob Cadaro Show, and I am he. It is a big day to fight for America, defend our values, and honor the brave who have made us and kept us free. So with history, our great founding fathers, and the incomparable Constitution of the United States of America as our guides, let us begin today's battle. A reminder, this Bob Cadaro show will always be convincingly conservative, lovingly logical, proudly and passionately patriotic, and reliably right. We honor Sam Robinson, U.S. Army, Blakesley, George Cochis, Dunmore, U.S. Army, World War II, 
Richard Monroe Kingston, U.S. Army. James Wazalewski, Humboldt, Hazel Township, United States Marine Corps, Vietnam. Alan Cross, I think it's Cross. Plains Township, U.S. Air Force. Celebrating World uh, Down Syndrome Day today. Those beautiful, beautiful children. They deserve a year, never mind a day. Well, why are we playing this great song by Harry Chapin, 30,000 Pounds of Bananas? Well, David DeCosmo's on the line to discuss it. David, how are you and good morning? Good morning to you, Bob. Doing just fine, thank you. Yeah, uh, we uh, we uh, uh, marked the anniversary of the uh, the truck accident that led to Harry Chapin's song. It was on March of the 18th. It was back in 1965. And what happened, Bob, we had a, a truck driver, uh, uh, Gene Seske, and uh, he was 33 years old. He was coming from the docks in uh, Newark, New Jersey, to make a delivery to the AMP um, warehouse in South Side of Scranton. And now the route that he took, which is a route that is now prohibited to uh, to large trucks, took him. A lot of people know where Lake Scranton is, and and the top of that street that leads down into Scranton is Music Street. Route 307. And, uh, route 307. It, it's a two-mile descent from Lake Scranton down to the, to the bottom. And there's about a oh, 500-foot elevation distance between the difference between the, the top and the bottom. In any case, he's coming down that hill, and nobody's really sure whether it was his truck's uh, brakes that gave out or just the clutch because you are instructed on a hill like that you shift into the lowest gear which helps hold the, the, the vehicle back e- either one of those or maybe both failed but anyway the truck starts careening down Musick Street it was uh, estimated to hit either between 90 and 100 miles an hour Mm, um, mm, one car smashed into a wall getting out of the way. Um, another, you know, other people jumped, and, and there was 15 people that actually had some injuries. But what happened was he, he uh, Seske climbs out onto the uh, running board of the truck, holding the steering wheel with one hand, trying to avoid people and cars, same time hitting the, the air horn with his hand that's, that's doing the steering. And uh, he manages to avoid most of those vehicles heading at him, and certainly people that were, uh, you know, out uh, on the street. He's yelling and and, and screaming. He was on the, the running board. Oh my god! He was holding. He, up. he was on the running. He he could have jumped at any time. Could have jumped in, but as he hits 40 miles an hour, he could have jumped. He certainly would have been injured, but maybe not killed. But by the time he crashed, he was he was thrown and, and, and killed. He was the only fatality. But, of course, uh, as the name of the song implies, his, uh, his cargo was 30,000 pounds of bananas, which, of course, were scattered all over the place at that point. Uh, an interesting sidelight for those who remember area reporters, they may remember Marie Carpentier, who was with WNEP for a long time. And it was either Marie's father, I believe her grandfather, that owned the truck line, uh, that that, uh, that truck was part of the line. Hmm. 
And and how I mean, are you are you familiar with the uh, uh, the lyrics from the song? Thirty thousand pounds of bananas uh, by Harry Chapin. V- v- vaguely, I am. I, I mean, I know it's, that, is uh, it is it historically? Did he lose his head and an arm and a leg? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that. Okay. No, I, I don't know that. But uh, uh, I mean, Harry Chapin tells the story. He was on a bus headed out of Scranton, Pennsylvania, going up that very same hill, and uh, not going down, and going up it. And says that's how it was related to him by an old buck sitting next to him on the bus. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> well, I know that uh, I looked it up after after the anniversary. I'd done a blog on it on the anniversary, and uh, looked it up on the internet just to see what they had about it. And one of the interesting things was that uh, he did apparently two alternate endings to the song, yeah. or at least he had a couple in mind, uh, and and. Uh, uh, one of the endings, uh, somebody heard it. One of his one of his associates said, "He says, Harry, that's it. It sucks." <laughs> and that yeah. actually became, became another song on on uh, on the album that he uh, he put out. Well, uh, we're going to run the live uh, version of Thirty Thousand Pounds of Bananas, Bananas, which includes that uh, that back and forth, that byplay uh, at the end of oh, the okay. show. Yeah. Oh no, I, David, I am so happy you brought this to our attention, and I. I I hate to get a smile and a laugh out of it. It was, you know, it was a tragic incident, but Chapin made it into such a great story. And I I always said when I was out of town, you know, that was my that was the party song to play for everybody uh in when I lived in LA and when I cuz actually it was uh, recorded in Los Angeles, but when I lived in Philly, when I lived in DC and up in Rochester, I was in New York City, I was like that's a, that's I'd play that song at any party I could. It, it, and I think that was a, a common thing because it, it almost became a theme song for the the town. And and yet, I mean, it is. Uh, and by the way, I, I just as we're talking, I called up that that item again that I had on on uh, online. And according to uh, to the reporter online, uh, he he was decapitated uh, during the okay. during the the crash. But in any case, it it did become sort of a, a I mean, it was so popular, had nice beat to it and everything. Yeah. Almost became a theme. <laughs> song but you have to give the have to remember that the, the guy was in, in, in he was a hero in the sense that he he probably could have taken out a lot of other people you know at the bottom of that hill at least at the time I'm not sure if it's still there there was a, a service station right yes in that area yeah okay if he'd run into that just imagine mm. the carnage that that could have resulted uh if that had happened but but you're right it, it the song itself and of course the song came out much later bob that was like 1974 uh that, that in harry's accident yeah. yeah exactly so and he uh, heard about it, it. he time. says in he says in the um in the live version that he heard about it in uh, 1965, I guess not long after it happened, in a taking the bus out of Scranton, Pennsylvania. 
Yeah, and at that time I was I was with WILK, so I was probably ripping reading that story from the Associated Press at the time because I probably would not have headed up to Scranton on a on a truck accident, even though it was one that was uh, rather dramatic and severe. You know, on the radio we we had a, all the reports we needed from the Associated Press at that time. But uh, imagine, and and forever it'll be associated with uh, with the city. <laughs> Day after St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, oh, I don't think there's any direct connection there. But <laughs> no, no, not at all. But it, it, in the song it says that it was like one of his first runs. And this happened. Oh, he was a young guy. Young yeah. guy, so I, I mean, 33. I, I don't doubt that he he was certainly new, whether it was, you know, his initial uh, run or not, I don't know. But, and of course, some you know good things come out of it too. And I have that band that uh, uh, was uh, you know, instigated on on the road itself. We've got a couple similar ones here, uh, Route One Fifteen coming down into uh, Wilkesbury from up in the Bear Creek yeah, area. Yeah. Uh, they frequently see state policemen. They're watching for trucks that are just the. Uh, trying to ignore those signs but once those things get rolling uh oh in the old and, days too yeah. you know <laughs> the, yeah these yeah, trucks absolutely. there was no there were there were no safety measures except the skill of the driver yeah exactly yeah. exactly uh well david well DeCosmo, there you go my friend i'm uh, so happy you brought uh, this to my attention this morning and and that we got you on to talk about it because i'm a huge fan of that song and the story i really am well, I I would have called you yesterday, but I understand you're off counting your money. So uh, <laughs> that's right. It took it took a few moments, and then I had the rest of the day to myself. <laughs> I see. Okay. All right. I'll check in again, Bob. <laughs> David Cosmo, local historian for the Bob Cadaro Show, and proudly so. And don't forget his daily David Cosmo's daily blog, where you can get nuggets like this each and every day on Facebook. Thank you. Hey, David. thanks, Bob, and I hope all your news is good. All right, my friend. Thank you. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. And farewell to Alcatraz. The Dread Rock in San Francisco Bay plays host to the press on its closing day. For the first time in its long penal history, reporters and cameramen are allowed to roam its innermost cell blocks and cells at will. 
Wearing handcuffs and leg irons, the last 27 of its 1,500 prisoners leave the crumbling, unsalvageable fortress for more modern federal penitentiaries. Under heavy guard, they will be flown to maximum security quarters in Atlanta, Leavenworth, and eventually the new Marion Prison in southern Illinois. Maintenance guards will be the only inhabitants of the island until its final disposition is decided by Congress and the state of California. Families of the guards and prison workers who are being transferred to other assignments are probably the only ones who say goodbye to Alcatraz with any regret. I would point out to you on this World Downs Syndrome Day that the Club for Common Sense, if you didn't notice it, has reconvened. Uh, we provide a sanctuary of sanity for all of you in this mad, 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 mad world here on Appointment Radio, the Bob Cordaro Show. We're honoring uh, uh, several veterans that we lost this month. Alan Cross, Plains Township, U.S. Air Force. James Wazalewski, Humboldt section of Hazel Township, United States Marine Corps, Vietnam. Richard Monroe of Kingston, U.S. Army. George Cochis of Dunmore, U.S. Army, World War II. Sam Robinson of Blakesley, U.S. Army. And Alcatraz, before that, the Alcatraz Federal Prison. How many of you have taken that tour? Uh, it's San Francisco Bay, emptied of its last inmates and closed at the order of Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy. Now, <laughs> I think this is irony. I'm gonna, I've got to actually think about it, but it's certainly, I don't know, maybe a portend, who knows. But I did that tour a few times. It took the kids at least twice, I think, and did it a third time. And I'd look at the cells and I said, I could live here. I could do this. Well, <laughs> little did I know, you know, less than a decade later or a couple decades in the case of when I first took the kids, I'd be doing it. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Federal prisons. But uh, Alcatraz, is, it's a fascinating tour if you've never taken it. If you ever, I, I don't know if there's any reason to go to San Francisco anymore, though. I used to walk, walk that city from end to end every time I went. And they're destroying it if they haven't destroyed it already. Between homeless encampments, crime, filth. Ugh. Our only European city being destroyed by left-wing lunatics. Somebody says they've been there and they've loved it, the, the, the tour. So I don't know if I'll ever get back to Alcatraz. And San Francisco, I'm really not sure. I, I don't, I, let's put it this way, I don't have any interest in going there with the way it's being run and the disaster that it is. By the way, uh, 30,000 pounds of bananas uh, to celebrate its anniversary, well, celebrate, to commemorate the anniversary of that crash of the truck on the Music Street Hill in 1965. And coincidentally, I'm eating a banana. And I thought about this. I think about these things, which is, I guess, an indication of something. I'm always at a 
wondering whether do I peel the banana completely and hold the banana or do I peel it down until I get to the bottom? Now, generally, you use that the peel as a hold. Today, I dispensed with the banana skin completely. I guess maybe in honor of 30,000 pounds of bananas. Not that I was thinking that. But it's an inter- just an interesting thing on in how we do things. That handle, you know, that that's peel providing the handle for the banana, nevertheless. Somebody texted in, Harry Chapin was probably the greatest storyteller, uh, music artist from Taxi to Cats in the Cradle. He really was. He was just an incredible, uh, absolutely incredible storyteller. I, I really, really pleased uh, to to bring him to the fore because he had that Scranton connection. By the way, somebody texted in, and I want to do this, uh, so I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you the email address to get in touch with me on this issue, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Bob, could you honor my father? He passed away 34 years ago Saturday. U.S. Army, two tours in Vietnam. He died March 18th, 1989 due to complications stemming from Agent Orange. His name was Staff Sergeant Ronald Barber. Yes, we we certainly pay tribute to Ronald Barber, but I'd love to give him, and any veteran you have as family, friend, or someone you know of, a day to themselves. And... All you have to do is send me, not all you have to do, but you've got to do this for me. And do this for Staff Sergeant Ronald Barber, your dad. Robert Dot Cordaro, C-O-R-D-A-R-O, at Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. And, and then we'll go back and forth. I'll tell you the information I'd like to have. And we give uh, Staff Sergeant Ronald Barber his own day. I would, I would very much like that. I'd very much appreciate it. Robert. Dot. Cordaro. C O R, D A R O, at Odyssey. A U D, A C Y, dot com. Okay, Robert. Dot Cordaro at Odyssey. Dot com. Get that information to me on any veteran you'd like to honor, but Mr. Barber himself, it would be great. I would I would appreciate it. Everybody that sends me information and allows me to do a day, I thank them. This is this is not it's not like to be, I'm not to be thanked. I thank you for letting me honor these veterans. World Down Syndrome Day today. And those special, beautiful people that have Down Syndrome and bring so much joy and so much uh, love to this earth, they should have a year. Honestly. Um, so I'm up in uh, Honesdale yesterday. I had to get something done at Northeast um, 
gastroenterologists and they they uh, see the TV show and they're aware of the uh, everything that we do here on the radio, although we can't get the signal up in Honesdale, AM or FM. I, 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 I take a check, but I don't think AM because I was trying it on the way in and it faded out on me. But I love Honesdale. And then after this little procedure I did, uh, we go up to Cadaro's Hilltop Diner, which might not be, well, it won't be open forever, we know that. But after 68 years, they've got an agreement that requires, I guess, councilmanic approval to sell the building, the property to uh, a an auto parts store. And what a shame that will be. My cousin's restaurant up there, Every you got to go, try to go there before it closes because, and I think it'll only be open through April, most likely. And it was with my cousin Rosina, Cutie and I were up there, and it was, everything's like made from scratch, the soup, the, everything. It's fabulous. Cadaro's Hilltop Diner, only 68 years, a mere flash in the pan. But Holmesdale's a hell of a little town. Really nice. I, I've talked to you about Hawley on, on occasions, too, and the great places there, but, but Holmesdale's really good. Good town, uh, very enjoyable, and, and then I got to see my cousin Rosina, but also go to Cadaro's Hilltop Diner. I think that's what they still call it. But uh, somebody texting in, by the way, about, and, and this is coincidental as well. Uh, what is Sam Sanguidolce doing with the election probe? Now, here's what he told me, and I wanted to get the exact quote from the text exchange we had, and I'll try to do that. Because I don't want to misinterpret what he said. Now, I'll, I'll look that up because I, I get a lot of texts. So, uh, all right. He said, hi, Bob. We've been working on the report. I've requested funding from the election grant to look into non-criminal issues pertaining to the election, which I can't justify doing from my budget. I was pretty surprised to see an announcement of the House hearing. So I guess there's a state House hearing on it. I'm interested to see it. And then uh, I said, keep me apprised. I get lots of questions about it. And uh, Sam, uh, the DA said, texted back, you're on the top of the list as soon as the report is done. So it, it, it continues to be delay, and I understand your frustration. I truly do. We should know who screwed up how they screwed up so it could never happen again. Excavator guy says, Bob, isn't it convenient that Luzerne County election officials will not attend the hearings in D.C.? Well, we know the new election uh, bureau head. She's young, she's smart, and I don't think she's going to fool around. So I've got more confidence already, but let's see. Now, uh, so so there it is. I mean, 
Good morning, Bob. My son was out in San Francisco for an employment conference regarding his job, and he told me the Alcatraz tour was 147 bucks. Wow. You know, I got to tell you, I never, I never thought about it. But you get a little bus or, or a, a boat ride for it back and forth. Man, you take a family. I have five kids. So we'd have seven people on this tour. That would really set you back, wouldn't it? Wow. 147 bucks to see Alcatraz. I would tell you if there's only a couple of you, it's worth it. But, I mean, if you got five kids like I did, wow. I, I, you'd have to think about it. Well, they're ruining San Francisco in so many ways. That's maybe the least of it, but that is a, man, that's a heart stopper. Multiply that for seven from me. <sighs> I remember I wasn't in politics. I was I was in uh, uh, practicing law and had radio stations. I, I might have been able to afford it, but would I have? I don't know. By the way, on another subject, uh, Frank Buck uh, uh, sends in, Bobby, I think DeSantis has hurt his political future. I'm beginning to believe he's a rhino, so I think I'm out on him. He had a chance to be great. Frank, I'm going to disagree with you wholeheartedly. You've got to remember, and and somebody, my friend Steve, sent me a speech of Donald Trump at the Al Smith dinner during the election of 2016, like 19 days before the election. And it showed a couple of things. Number one, that he's not an intelligent man. And I, I say this just for the truth. He's not intelligent. He's smart. He's clever. But he doesn't know how to read a room or doesn't care to and never had to. But his little speech, the beginning was good. The end was fine. But his jokes were inappropriate. They were... So you just, I just watch him. And, and Frank... Look at all this stuff, and I've got a lot to say about this possible Trump indictment by the sickening Soros DA, Alvin Bragg, who will not prosecute a violent crime, but he's going to he's going to do a Gumby maneuver to try to indict Trump. What an ass, Alvin Bragg. But what you get with Donald Trump is all this sideshow. I don't care if it's not his fault. I watched with, well, it wasn't horror because I'd seen the speech before. Sort of these inappropriate jokes he was making about Hillary Clinton while she's there. The Cardinal's there. It's for charity. And they weren't funny. There were just like things he wanted to dig that he had to get off his childish chest. He will always be the story. And the issues have to be the story. We win on the issues. We don't win on Donald Trump's personality. And by, by we, I don't mean Republicans. I mean conservatives and normal people. And the United States of America writ large. Enough of Donald Trump. And and quickly, I, I want, I'm going to come back to this. 
Trump is making all these innuendos and, and again, completely inappropriate statements about Ron DeSantis because he's jealous, like a child, like an infant. I, don't, I, I loved his presidency. I've just had enough of this silliness and childishness. The comments and innuendo he made about Ron DeSantis are sickening. And they hurt the cause overall. No, 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 no. Ron DeSantis made a very measured joke that he knows nothing about blackmailing or bribing or paying off prostitutes and strippers. That was a great line. I'm sorry. Donald Trump and and Donald Trump making these childish, foolish attacks on someone he's jealous of. He lost the entire presidency because he was jealous of Andrew Cuomo on TV. We cannot, I'll tell you this. I'm for him if he's the last one standing. Because we can't deal with the Democrat Party. They're insane. But. This childishness he cannot control. And that's childishness in and of itself. So, no. Ron DeSantis gave a very measured statement and he criticized the prosecution. But for him to come out and say, Donald Trump is great. I don't know what you expected him to say, Frank. I really don't. He made fun of Donald Trump in a very, very, I thought, a very quality way both for comedic and political purposes. And then he then he criticized the prosecution. So no, I'm I'm after that I'm even more for Ron DeSantis and less for Donald Trump after the, their exchange. And again, follow what this ass Donald Trump keeps saying. Now he's our ass. He's our fool. He's One million times better than sickening, disgraceful, corrupt Joe Biden. But we don't need him. We don't, we can't take the chance to lose this 24 election with Donald Trump being center stage and this indictment and all the crap that he constantly carries around with him is why. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.